0: Daniel's Podcast, and I am joined by my weekly Wednesday guest. He is Aaron Davis, Mr. Davis, as we uh, more affectionately know him. Aaron Davis, what's happening? Not so much. Just, uh,
1: counting... Look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think I'm at the point where this heat is, like, affecting my mental state. Because <laughs> it's just, like, i it's so hot. Like, I want to go out and, like, do photography, but, I like, the, uh... So, obviously, we got two cars, right? I told my car last year I had a Jetta, I told it, whatever. So, I told Rosie, I was like, well, I bought the last new car, so this new one is yours. And so, she drives the new car, nice car, all that stuff. And I took her old car, and like three months into driving her old car, the AC breaks. Oh, this no. This last year. So oh, no. Yeah, I spent like 600 bucks to get it, the AC fixed last summer. It worked great. Like, yeah. magnificently. Good as new. Yeah, And then june of this year like as soon as it starts getting hot enough to turn the ac on i'm like oh shit it's broken again so Ugh. i'm driving around with no ac it's like 105 degrees outside like i want to go do pictures i want to go like drive to lot and go to the wichita mountains and like yeah. all that stuff but i'm like i just can't like it's not worth it
0: yeah that's it's rough to
1: drive four hours in this heat and like man i'm just ready i'm ready for like, it's cooling down a little bit. Like, this week's been in the 90s, and, like, it's been pretty nice compared to, like, the last month when it's been, like, 105 every day. But, damn, like, I got to mow today, and I'm like, Yeah. Got to yeah. work up the, uh... Dude, I, I love
0: mowing. That's actually, like... I feel like that. that's my favorite part of the week is the two-hour period of time that usually takes place on either a Friday afternoon or a Saturday early morning, or not late morning where I just either put in, like, a podcast or, like, listen to music and just, like, have this, like, period of time where it's just, like, me doing my thing. And and I also get a lot of gratification seeing the rows of grass being cut. It's so satisfying to me. So I
1: I enjoy mowing, too. I just, like, don't enjoy mowing when it's 105 degrees outside. But I guess, really, those are the only times you mow throughout the years when it's really hot. Right. But... Yeah, I agree. There's something really gratifying about like just watching it like row by row, just come together and look so much nicer. Yes. I got to pick up dog turds though out of uh, my backyard. Yeah. So like, that's a big, uh, like, yeah, that'll deter me for like a week. Just the yeah, ad like having to go do that. But yeah, it's, I'm ready for some fall weather. I'm ready for like, no,
0: no, I, I keep, I, I, I love blue skies and green grass and green trees wow. and, I, I like during this time of year, I'm outside as much as I can be. I don't care how hot it gets. I am all in on being outside. And we had that period of time like a month ago where it literally rained every day for like a month yeah. or more. And I like, I, I have not had my fill of like nice hot weather yet. Nah, man, give me, Ugh. give me like a cloudy 55 degree
1: Sunday with just like 10 hours of NFL football. And like, I'm like, I'm set like that is. If I died, that's what my heaven would be. Would be a cloudy 55 degree weather day where I've got my windows open. Nice. And I've, I'm watching. Like, yeah, like that's that's a perfect day. Give me hell. Give me a foot of snow and like 10 degrees. No, over
0: this. no, that's the worst. No, I could, I could I could layer up.
1: I could put ten jackets on, go outside, and be fine. If I go outside, and it's 105. Like I, there's nothing I can do other than just sweat all of the liquid out of my body.
0: Yeah. Oh, Over, man. I, I give me all the sunshine and hot weather that, that I can get. I, I, dude, I don't like when it gets to the point that like the sky's gray every day and the ground is brown and it just, ugh, it's so depressing. I'm all in it. So dude, depressing. Give me- if, give me a closet full of flannel shirts and fly <laughs> me to seattle and i'm i'll be as happy as I. you're can gonna thrive yeah right yeah yeah i, I was about really to call you a pansy for not wanting to to get outside but then you talked about having to drive to and with no ac and that does sound like hell on earth i don't know I, that i would dude, be i drive willing to put up every with that.
1: day every day i work i drive like three hours a day no ac oh and it's just and like i like i want to listen to my podcast or music or whatever to like kind of like Get me distracted from how hot it is. Yeah, but I can't hear it unless I roll the windows up like a good amount. Yeah, that's brilliant. so it's. I mean, I'm bitching, but like I'm gonna go outside mow today, like all yeah. that stuff. But like I just can't like commit to driving there you go. to where I need to go to do the things I want to do right now. On my day's off, but it is what it is.
0: Very nice, very nice. Well, uh, big announcements on social media today. We, uh, Aaron, we finally can, uh, or at least I can finally. Give a launch date. I so I made the announcement last week. I'm joining the Blitz. Um, it's been like I've literally just had hundreds of questions, like who are your co-hosts, when is the launch date, all that. And there's been a lot of stuff that's been up in the air. So, like realistically, I couldn't answer it until uh, like a couple days ago when they were like, "Okay, I think we've uh, we're all set," like making things official, and uh, all the announcements were made today. So, uh, starting next Tuesday, September 7th, from I'll be on from three to six. Um, I'm going to be on for an hour, uh, from three to four with Jeremy Poplin, which is going to be a ton of fun. And then from four to six will be my show with John Holcomb and, uh, Dusty Dvor- Dvorak is going to be a contributor. Uh, so that's going to be four to six Monday through Friday. So I, uh, I cannot wait. Um, Matt Hubbard is going to be the producer and, uh, there you go. So that, that should answer, I think everybody's questions, uh, all at once. So
1: very nice. Finally, launch right?
0: date and, uh, finally can reveal information or, not even reveal, finally can just pass on the information that I've been given. So
1: yeah. Perfect time to break down. OU's uh road game on Saturday
0: road game in Norman, Oklahoma, yeah. man, that th- this is probably going to be the biggest road crowd that the Sooners play in front of all year.
1: <laughs> probably <laughs> that. And like, I was thinking about it, the funny thing too, is it's like, it's probably going to be the biggest revenue that Tulane brings in all season. I mean, it definitely will be, I mean, there's no way they're going to get a bigger ticket gate than, you know, this game Saturday. So and the situation obviously sucks, which I don't know how much, uh, of uh, Ida you covered you watch, but that was pretty, yeah. it was pretty insane. So uh, yeah, situations kind of suck, but I mean, I don't think anybody here is complaining about getting an extra, uh, you know, I mean, how many games can you watch on the road in
0: Norman? Right. Yeah. So yeah. Um. What, what do you think? I don't know the answer to this, but what do you think is the relationship as far as what the fan base is like between the Tulane fans and the LSU fans? Because, a lot of people regard LSU fans as the worst fan base in college football. Uh, I mean, are there Tulane fans? That, see, that's kind of that's kind of where I was at with that.
1: I mean, I, look, Tulane's kind of like one of those schools like Texas State where, like, you go to school there and, like, you got nothing better to do You're your student. You get some free tickets. You go to the football game. You cheer whatever game's over. And you go home and you watch LSU. And you actually, like, that's the game right. that you're invested in. Right. Like, Texas State, like, they're going to the games at 11, and then coming home and watching UT or A and M or or whatever at six o'clock, and like that's the game that they're invested in. So, I think you just kind of support it. like it's an alma mater thing. But if you didn't go to school there, then like, do you really care about Tulane football? Uh, I imagine it would be 99% OU fans with like 10 Tulane fans, probably parents, at the uh, yeah. at Gaylord, and yeah, it is what it is. I mean,
0: Tulane has some cool fan gear. I think though.
1: Oh, look, they've got a great field. Their turf with the, alt, like the, I don't know if you've seen their turf, their field, but it's like alternating like shades of green and it looks really cool. I'm a big fan of it.
0: I don't know that I have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. Yes. Yeah. yeah nice that is, that look. is a cool field. Checkered it's end zones? Yeah. It's yeah.
1: way better than playing in this frigging super dome yeah. like they used to.
0: I will say also about Tulane, really cool nickname, really bad logo. Yeah, their logo is terrible. They used to have the, the old logo with just the T in the wave. Yeah. was so much
1: better Way than better. this like cartoonish wave with this like like pointing his fist at somebody like they they did them wrong. It looks like a mid-90s NBA logo. It's pretty terrible. It looks like it looks like a logo from Madden 2004 when you create a team. Yes. Like just a generic yeah. logo that would be on a video game.
0: But good color scheme, good like Green Waves is a good name, especially considering yeah. their location. Good color scheme. But yeah, the uh, the cartoon logo, not the greatest. Yeah, not great. Did uh, I'm trying to remember? Was there like a smiling face on the uh, the rocket from the old like mid '90s rockets cartoony uniforms?
1: Yes, there was a face on it.
0: Oh, that's that's right. So bad. <laughs> It, yeah, yeah didn't it, I didn't. I think it had like eyes. Like I don't remember exactly, but yeah, I feel it like has, it had like eyes and a mouth. And
1: it looks like a shark, so it's got like a shark face on the rocket. Okay, that's
0: right. That's right.
1: Yeah, like the yeah. design that they would you see painted on like the it old is...
0: like World War II planes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that
1: that's what they went for. And you know what? Like it it's objectively terrible. I think that,
0: uh, Aaron, it is terrible. Now you can either choose to like yeah, objectively, it's like the terribleness of it, but like there's no debating that it's not terrible. Yeah. So I'm saying it's like, so you can't, there's no opinion on it. It's
1: terrible. It is terrible. And then you, you pair it with a court where they had the, like the rocket blasting off the the sideline.
0: Like, I'm pretty sure that rocket's the same size as the rockets. They actually shoot into space. That's how obnoxious it was. Probably so. (laughs)
1: Yeah, which I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not a big fan of their situation right now because they just went from having something completely terrible but unique to, you know, just being kind of bland. But it's what it is. You know, you're the second worst team in the NBA. You might as well wear some bland stuff.
0: Aaron, this should be a bloodbath. I would assume the Las Vegas line, or at least according to bet online, the the line swung a touchdown in this game. It went from minus 24 before the announcement of it moving to Norman to minus 31.
1: You, you don't think that they're going to get it? I can't believe that Vegas isn't looking at this game and saying, Tulane's going to get a rub by being in Tuscaloosa right now. I mean, they're in the presence right? of the greatest college football coach of all time. you think that they would pick up something, something from being in that building. Absolutely. Although, I'm, I mean, Nick Saban did get, you know, kind of pounced by OU like eight years ago. <laughs> so, I mean.
0: Did he? Oh, yeah, he yeah, yeah. The like eight Nikes years ago. And then oh, yeah. I
1: know I know Alabama destroyed them. In the you Orange know what? Bowl. There was
0: a period of time where, like, literally nobody would let you forget that OU beat Alabama in the sugar bowl. But uh, luckily that, that uh, has, has now been like left away in the dust. And OU has been able to have at least elevated success from that point to the, to the point that you don't have to go back to, well, we beat Alabama in the sugar bowl.
1: Yeah. And I think that after the orange bowl in the semifinals a couple years ago, you probably, that argument probably is moot when uh, you got pounced in a playoff game.
0: Yeah. To uh, what, what could go down as one of the most talented college football teams of all time.
1: Like yeah, the quarterbacks
0: for Alabama were Tua, Jalen Hurts, and Mac Jones in that game. The running backs were Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris, Damian Harris. The receivers were Jerry Judy, Devonte Smith, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle. Like, good lord.
1: Calvin Ridley, right? He was on that team as well. I think Ridley was gone. I think was he gone? Yeah, that might have been his rookie year in the. Yeah, NBA I think NFL. I think
0: the year that Ridley left was the year they brought in. Um, Actually, I think Judy and that group were sophomores, and Waddle was a freshman that year. Okay, I got their depth chart just for, yeah, for yeah. fine. Just ridiculous. Yeah, running,
1: run, running backs, like you said, Damian Harris, Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, uh, Irv Smith Jr. at tight end. Who, I mean, obviously he just had uh, went under, underwent surgery and kind of hasn't really lived up to expectations in the NFL, but still pretty good. <laughs> um, like you said, the quarterbacks. Alex Leatherwood, Jonah Williams at, uh, at the tackle positions, and obviously Quinnen Williams.
0: Yeah.
1: Raquan David. Yeah, this team was absolutely stacked. stacked. Yeah. Dylan Moses, Trayvon Diggs, who uh, – Trayvon Diggs well, – I mean, we'll get the hard knocks later, but yeah. uh, got humbled a little bit. A little bit. In that, in that practice. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Sertan, Patrick Sertan. second first-round pick, looking top-ten pick, actually. Yeah. Looking great in the preseason. Deontay
0: Thompson, starting safety for the Cardinals. Yeah. Ronnie Harrison, who I believe is starting – somewhere when he also yeah, a safety on that team.
1: Him. Yeah. I just saw him. And I think uh,
0: Xavier McKinney was also in that defensive backfield. Who's a Xavier starter McKinney for the
1: giants. You know, Ronnie Harrison is in, uh, San Diego, or
0: Cleveland, Cleveland. That, that, yeah. Cleveland. That's right. That's right. Yeah.
1: He is a starting safety in Cleveland though.
0: Yeah. That's a ridiculous amount of talent on one football. I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, they've got to be up there. I mean, there's been i uh, I'm sure that we could look at, you know, multiple Alabama teams over the past decade. And yeah. like, they'll, they'll hold up to that roster. And they're like, I think that, uh outside of the quarterback position like that 20 like 12 2013 LSU teams with Jarvis Landry and and Odell like those were pretty stacked rosters but yeah, yeah I mean hell I mean OU's offense was pretty stacked that year yeah the defense just yeah. uh just didn't uh, hold up very well Well, the,
0: if you go back one year for the OU offense then you're talking about Baker and Kyler yeah and you're talking about Rodney Anderson uh, also being there CD Hollywood Brown Mark Andrews Orlando Brown, Cody like all, like six NFL offensive linemen or seven NFL offensive linemen on that uh that Rose Bowl team. Now the defense again, little something to be desired, but
1: uh yeah. That that, that was the same defense that gave up 9,000 yeah. yards to
0: Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, brutal. But yeah, dude, it is uh we are we are days away from I, I know that there was college football last Saturday. Uh it was it it felt a lot like preseason NFL football, to be honest with you, but Ohio state plays tomorrow. So we have a top five team in college football playing on national television Thursday night and then conference game too. Yeah. Yeah. Conference game. I mean, for what that's worth, big 10 football, but I mean,
1: PJ Flake. I mean, mean, maybe maybe he'll have a trick
0: up his sleeve for the Buckeyes who are breaking in a new quarterback. And then, uh, then Saturday, obviously like I Saturday is going to be bananas.
1: Yeah. Oh, i mean, even Friday, North Carolina, Virginia tech on Friday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I feel bad for B.J. Fleck because two years ago, I mean, that dude—he probably should have left. Because I mean, it was one of the hottest commodities in college yeah. football, and he stays. And I don't think that—I uh, don't think he's viewed quite the same right now. It but just yeah, depends Saturday. what
0: he was offered, though. Because uh, you know, like you could look at Nebraska maybe as a as an upgrade, but is it? So, I mean,
1: not right now. Knowing yeah. what we know now, no. Yeah, I mean that's fair, but yeah, Saturday the slate of games is insane. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be uh, might get to work at like 3 a.m. so I can get home <laughs> earlier.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm going to have like six screens going. It's gonna be it's just gonna be stupid.
1: I mean, hell, Alabama Miami's at a 2:30 game. Yeah, like that. Like, I, I, I don't know. How do you feel about the neutral site games on opening week? I personally hate neutral site games, but
0: yeah, I'm not a fan of them. Uh, but I don't know. I mean if that's the only way we can get good matchups in week one, then I guess I would rather have a neutral site, good matchup than like Oklahoma Tulane, lane. For sure. So, but I mean,
1: there's, I mean, there's other possibilities. Uh, yeah, I yeah. guess, I guess t- big teams just don't really play home and homes that much anymore. No, I guess it's easier to just schedule and like split the ticket revenue one time on a neutral side. Or they than- do,
0: but they schedule it so far out that it's like, who knows if that's actually going to take place. I mean, the, you, you might be in the same conference by the time those, those things come together or, one of you might not even be in FBS school by the time those things come together. It's yeah, it's crazy.
1: Is there a white game? What one game are you most excited about? Is it the Duke's Mayo Classic?
0: I, I well, I didn't even know that that was a thing. So that's Georgia Clemson apparently. Okay, is okay. The, uh, well, I, I was Mayo about classic. to say Georgia Clemson, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that that's that was the sponsorship. I mean, but look, like if if, if Duke's Mayo wants to send me a check, I will. Uh, I will absolutely promote the hell out of the Duke's Mayo. <laughs> look,
1: nothing. Nothing
0: says college classic. football
1: like a top five matchup week one of the Mayo classic.
0: Yeah. So w- my, let's see my second year in Stillwater covering Oklahoma state at triple play sports radio. We Oklahoma state that year opened with Mississippi state and Dak Prescott was, was, uh, at Mississippi state then. And it was in, uh, it was in Houston at Reliant. And, uh, that was a really cool atmosphere. Like we, we went down there to cover the game, obviously pregame show, all that good stuff. And, uh, like the Oklahoma state fans showed up, you know, obviously they, they had just like come off the best season in school history. So everybody was really excited. And, uh, that, that was a, that was a really great scene for a neutral, neutral site game. That's,
1: but that's a good halfway point for those two schools too. I yeah. Mean.
0: Yeah. Like it was a pretty good turnout if I remember right. Yeah. And, uh, I think if I, I'm trying to remember, I think Dak Prescott got hurt in that game or, or maybe it was the other quarterback that got hurt and Dak Prescott came in one way or the other. I, I do remember them playing two quarterbacks, and one of them got hurt somewhere along the way. So I can't remember the order in which that happened. But
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma State won 21-3. to So tough day for yeah. uh, for the Bulldogs. Dak, 7-17, 89 yards and a pick. I don't know if he was pulled because he got hurt or because uh, he was just struggling. But yeah, Tyler Russell was
0: Tyler Russell, yeah.
1: replacing him in that game. And then... Okay. Uh, yeah, J.W. Walsh, eighteen of twenty-seven for one hundred and thirty-five yards. Just a classic Gundy offense. Yeah. J.W. Walsh also had one hundred twenty-five
0: yards rushing, yeah. though. So he, yeah, big game for J.W. Walsh. I that was the uh, let the J.W. Walsh era of Oklahoma State football begin. Game. How'd that turn out? How <laughs> short-lived. Lots of uh, lots of injuries. Lots of quarterback controversies. I mean, there was like a yeah. there was like a four-year period where it just kind of felt like that position was a rotating did, door
1: did jw end up getting replaced by mason rudolph or was there somebody in between
0: so jw walsh was involved in like the west lunt was there for part clint of shelf. that clint shelf was there for part of that uh dax garman i think was in that time period i mean there were there were it, it just seemed like there were a bunch of quarterbacks that were uh getting opportunities because of injuries and all kinds of stuff so
1: Cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. a I – mean, we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago or maybe last week. Just this opening week, though, like this has to be up there with one of the best week one slates in a, in a while. Because usually week one in college football is a pretty big – I mean, I don't want to say a huge dud, but like you're maybe getting like two really interesting matchups. And obviously like the Big Ten opening with conference play changes things a little bit because you're getting like – I think, I think Indiana-Iowa is going to be a lot of fun. I really want to see if Michael Penix can like build off of what he did last year. Just call it Big Ten Iowa game
0: fun, by the way.
1: Well, I mean it's just like matchup wise. Okay. Like i okay. will watching the game, it might turn out a little, <laughs> probably will turn out a little bit different. But like, yeah, I like Michael Penix. I think he's a fun player to watch. Iowa should be good this year. Obviously, I think they have like a tight end that's really good. Which is saying, I mean that's not saying anything. They always have a tight end that's really good. I just can't remember his name. But uh, obviously, we talk about Clemson, Georgia. I'm interested in Texas, Louisiana. Like I, we talked. I said it last week. Like that might be. That's a game I could see Texas dropping, and especially with uh, Sarkeesian like, really bearing his quarterbacks over the past like few weeks. Yeah. Really, uh, hopes aren't really high for me as far as uh, Sarkeesian have a bunch of success year one, and then uh, Alabama, Miami should be fun.
0: The, like, well, the, the Texas game's a big deal, though, because they're either going to look great. And everybody's going to say they're back and all of a sudden like they're going to be contenders to win the Big 12 or they're going to be in a dogfight and you know, regardless of the outcome, it's one of those. Here we go again. This Texas team is going to struggle with everybody on their schedule and they stink and like that's like one of those universities where everything is a massive overreaction.
1: Well, yeah, from everybody. Yeah, from everybody nationally as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, right. I mean, college football in general is a massive overreaction for local markets, but for sure, Texas is one of those markets where, even nationally, there's an overreaction to, uh, you know, good or bad.
1: Hell, I mean, you win one game against Notre Dame and like it's back. You're and like, you're back, yeah. On uh, national national broadcast teams are yeah. like just declaring that in week
0: one of the season. We're back, yeah. We're back. They're back but <laughs> but against I mean, like Everett Golson or whoever the quarterback was at that point.
1: I guess technically, like Texas was kind of writing their checks to an extent, yeah. so probably a little biased, yeah. maybe Go subconsciously, but. Yeah, Miami, Alabama, Miami on the radar. I mean, Alabama's favored by twenty in that game, but Miami is. Uh, I've seen people like kind of have them like as dark horse playoff candidates. Yeah. This year, obviously, Derek King has to come back and like beat top shelf Derek King. But I mean, is, ACC that the same, beat
0: is that the same Miami team that OSU just beat up on in the uh, bowl game last year? Uh, I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, I like say up on it was it, it was thirty seven thirty four, but <laughs> and Derek King didn't play right. He got hurt very early in that game. Okay, yeah, well, I mean,
1: in that, but the ACC uh, was it. I can never remember their. division. had
0: like had a, a, I, OSU had like a three touchdown lead though in like the first quarter. It was like twenty one to zero or maybe twenty four to zero or something ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, the ACC Coastal two. I mean, my, it, Miami and North Carolina are the only two like deal. the only two teams in that division that could be any good. So Miami goes through with one loss and. Beats Clemson somehow in the ACC championship game. I can see a route to the playoffs for them, but yeah, Penn State, Wisconsin, obviously another Big Ten game, but still top yeah. twenty matchup. Yeah, I think Penn State's going to be terrible this year, personally. But
0: yeah, we'll see. I mean, look, they, that's one of those schools that's always going to have talent. So you get a couple difference makers in the right spot, and you know it, it could uh, it could turn should, into a top ten
1: product, but. Right. I shouldn't say terrible. I mean, they're not going to be yeah. like two and 10, but I could see them being six and six.
0: Alabama is so brilliant with the way that they schedule. Like they're smarter than everybody else because what they do is they, they schedule like a top 25 university. That's not necessarily like, like, I don't think there's a genuine threat for Miami to beat Alabama unless Alabama just plays God awful football. Yeah,
1: maybe, so like, yeah, maybe a, Bryce young is like, he's just not ready or something. Right, yeah. Like that. He
0: throws like a couple pick sixes or something. Then maybe it's a game, but what they do is they, they, Miami is a team that has tradition. They've won national titles. They're a top 25 team entering this season, so there's a little bit of buzz about them, but they're not on the same level as Alabama. So Alabama will go beat that team in week number one and then literally ride that wave of they beat Miami in week number one and everybody will view them as the best team in college football from week one until they prove us wrong. And then they'll play like the directional schools later in the year and have those like late November non-conference games. Like... It's it's perfect because college football, and this is why preseason rankings are dumb, but like college football to some degree is about a starting point and how highly you're viewed at the beginning of the season. And Alabama already goes into every year as like, hey, this is one of the best teams in college football. And then they'll like schedule Michigan or Miami or one of these teams beat up on them in week number one. And then basically, as long as they don't lose like multiple games, they're getting to the playoff. Right.
1: They it's play probably- New Mexico State November 13th this year, <laughs> yeah. to your point of playing yeah. just a random like non-con game late in the season. Also, too, another thing that scheduling these teams week one does, if they do lose, it gives them more time to rebound from a loss because they're going to like make sure if somehow they lose in that week one game. Like you said, at least they're playing a good program with some history and like some name value. And then you're, there's no threat of them losing another non-con game through the rest of the season. So, like, it's not like week four they're going to play Miami. Like, a week four loss to Miami is going to be way harder to rebound from than a week one loss to Miami. Yeah. Because people will just forget. Like, especially running through an SEC schedule, like, people are going to forget that they lost week one. But if you lose, like, first week of October, it's going to be a little bit more fresh in, you know, the memory of the uh, the voters and the playoff committee and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, like I don't think there's any argument to be made that Nick Saban doesn't, like, have this down to a perfect formula.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, they're uh, they're just, among other things, smarter than everybody else. They figured out how to gain that momentum out of the gate. And, you know, not only does the logo on their helmet count for a lot, but, I mean, you know what, when we get to November and December and every Tuesday night we're all overreacting to, uh, you know, these college football playoff rankings, like Alabama's getting the tiebreaker with everybody because they have that week one win over Miami.
1: Yeah. I mean, how many teams could they schedule week one that legitimately could beat them week one? Right. I mean, maybe free. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Many. But like, it's smart because Miami, like for example, like if you, if you schedule Oklahoma State, like Oklahoma State beat Miami in the bowl game, right? But Miami's brand, I think, gives you a little bit more by beating them than if you were to beat Oklahoma State, who might be a better football team. Or yeah. like, I'll, I'll throw this out. I think Iowa State is absolutely better than Miami. But Alabama beating Miami will do more for the perception of Alabama than Alabama beating Iowa State.
1: Which, I mean, I guess is a problem with the way college football is – I mean, it just yeah. is what it is with college yeah. football. I don't know if it's necessarily a problem or, or what it is. It just is the way it is that, like, a program like Miami, who has been down way more than Oklahoma State has for the last 10 years, and going into the season, I think their rosters are probably – I mean, I, I don't know about a push, but they're really close. I don't know which way, you know, necessarily it leans. But, yeah, like, in Miami, whenever Miami, like you said – even though Miami has been worse for the last ten years than Oklahoma State would mean more than beating Oklahoma State week one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Clemson, Georgia, though, is going to be, I mean, just incredible.
1: Yeah. I've uh, I've been uh pretty pretty uh, interested in DJ Ugalele since like he was on the he was the backup on one season of that QB one show. Yeah. And like for the ever kid since, that went to Iowa State, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ever since I watched that, I'm like – I mean, they profiled him a little bit because, like, they – I mean, you knew. Like, he's a sophomore in high school. You knew this kid was going to be – he was already top-tier prospect. So, like, since then, I've kind of been following him and, like, tracking along. A lot of it is because, like, his rival's profile pay, picture is him with a goatee, and it reminded me of the uh, <laughs> the kid from – the guy from Benchwarmers where it's like, yeah. I am 12. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this dude's, yeah. like, 30. But, uh, yeah, just – I'm interested to see what he can do. I know he's got some Heisman buzz going into this season. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he looked really good against Notre Dame last year in that that fill-in game when Trevor was out with COVID. But yeah, I mean it's going to be fun. JT Daniels like he I don't I don't know where he's at necessarily on the like the the tier list of like college football quarterbacks, but he yeah. did he made that offense a lot better last year in Georgia when he took over, so Yeah, what
0: was the other guy's name? Stetson Barnett Georgia? or something like that? Yeah, I I watched Georgia play multiple times with that guy as the quarterback and it was painful, man. Like they just literally like, he just, he wasn't capable of making, uh, you know, the the plays as a quarterback, I think, that they needed to take advantage of their playmakers. And, like, JT Daniels gets in there, obviously. And, like, you could see the difference immediately. Like, he's just, it, it's it's not like, I, I don't think, like, the team just got magically got better. I think JT Daniels was just physically capable of making the throws that uh, they were asking him to make. So, um, I, he's definitely the way better option. But, yeah, I'm with you. I, we'll see to what degree he is, like, as in the quarterback hierarchy of college football. But you mentioned Uyunglele. Like, that dude has the ability to be the best quarterback in college football. Like, the physical tools are there for that guy to be an NFL starting quarterback someday. But this is where it's always interesting because, I, you know, I said the same thing about Spencer Rattler a year ago, and it took Spencer Rattler some time. He struggled out of the gate. Like, it's it, just because you're insanely gifted and physically talented doesn't mean that you're going to make the right plays and that you have chemistry like that's that part of it is can't be quantified going into a season so that's why there's the question mark of Uyunglele with Clemson or Bryce Young with Alabama like obviously those guys are really talented football players but are they mentally ready have they gained enough chemistry with the rest of their team to have the offense humming as opposed to going through those growing pains early.
1: So, DJ last year, in two he started two games last year. Yeah. Obviously, Trevor missed two weeks because of COVID. He had he was 78 of 117 for the 67% completion, yeah. 914 yards and five touchdowns and no pick. So, like, as a true freshman, yeah, like, filling in last second, like, you don't, like, there, Trevor Lawrence is a starting quarterback. There's no way that you go into right. a game week expecting to start with him there, and the next thing you know, he's test positive for COVID, and you're throwing in there against... First game was against Boston College, who it, they are what they are. Yeah. But then you go to Notre well, Dame. I, and the I think week. they
0: fell behind in that game, actually. I think, like, it was... Against uh, Boston College? It was either... They either fell behind yeah, or they, they were, were trading touchdowns in the first quarter. And at he halftime, was having to answer.
1: Halftime, it was 28-13 to 13 at halftime. Okay. And they ended up winning 34-28. So, obviously, the defense stepped up in the second half. But, yeah. like, I mean, I don't know. Like, what else can you ask from a true freshman than uh, 900 yards and five touchdowns and no picks in two games? yeah so he was, he was really good really good yeah and a lot of their receivers are back obviously uh etn's gone but i mean they'll find another running back to fill in there and, and and you know be effective in that offense but you
0: get yeah Justin i think Ross he, back right
1: yeah Justin Justin Ross all is last back. Year.
0: yeah
1: I, I think they're i mean I, I do i agree i think he's set up for success and like he, he kind of flashes i mean he doesn't kind of he really flashes when you watch him like he looks yeah. like a dude that could be really good um yeah, J. Dixon probably going to be like the starting running back for Clemson. I don't know if they're going to do a committee thing or what they're going to do, but yeah, um, it should be. I mean, there's no reason Clemson won't be in the playoffs again this year if he plays, you know, comparable. If he plays like he did last year as a true freshman, you would think they're going to roll through the ACC.
0: Well, yeah, as long as he doesn't like, he just can't lose them games. If he's turning the ball over, I mean, this goes back to Spencer Rattler a year ago. Like when Spencer Rattler was turning the ball over, Oklahoma lost Absolutely. a couple games. But if he doesn't turn the ball over, they're good enough everywhere else that they should beat everybody in the ACC. Absolutely. And then, you know, if he obviously progresses the same way that Spencer Rattler did a year ago, then look out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's, that's a scary thought. If this dude that already looked good, like again, a couple of spot starts as a true freshman, if he progresses throughout his sophomore season and gets to a point at the end of the year where he's playing the best football he's ever played. Yeah. I mean, I like Alabama's got a new quarterback going in there. Um I think OU is a big threat, and there's a lot of people that have been picking OU to win the national title this year, or at least get to the national championship yeah. game. But like outside of like of the contender programs in college football, there's a like, I mean, there's a decent chunk of them that are coming into this year with new quarterbacks.
0: Look, I think the five I'll- best teams in college football entering the season in no in no specific order are Oklahoma, Alabama, um Clemson, Georgia, and Ohio State. And yeah. three of those were in the playoff a year ago. And the three that were in the playoff a year ago have new quarterbacks. Uyunglele at Clemson, Bryce Young at Alabama, and C.J. Stroud at Ohio State.
1: You can run through the top 10. So like the AP top 25, top 10, Alabama, like you said, new quarterback, Oklahoma, Spencer Rattler, Clemson, new quarterback, Ohio State, new quarterback, Georgia, J.T. Daniels, but Texas A&M, new quarterback, Brock Purdy at Iowa State. Uh, I'm not even going to count Cincinnati, but Notre Dame, new quarterback, and then North Carolina, Sam Howell's Howell's obviously back, but they lost their – I mean, their offense was built around Michael Carter and Javante Williams, so we'll see how they translate. You know, they had two receivers more, drafted, just, too. De'Ami, De'Ami Brown, Brown was, what, yeah. a
0: second? Was he a second-round pick, I think?
1: Yeah, to Washington, I believe. Yeah,
0: and then um, Daz Newsom.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see what North Carolina is like. I think mean, they get their quarterback back, but they lost a lot of weapons. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, that's five teams out of the top ten with new quarterbacks. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely looks. I mean, right now it looks pretty damn good for Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, I, I think that they're in a great spot. Like, they're, the reason I've been saying championship or bust for the Sooners this entire offseason, not because I think, like, you have to win a championship or, like, fire the entire coaching staff, but, like, the ingredients are there to go win it. You're good on offense. You have a returning quarterback. You're good on defense. You return the majority of those guys. Your defensive line, specifically, looks like it's going to be dominant again. And, you know, when you look at them compared to the other top-tier teams in college football at the most important position on the football field, you arguably have the best quarterback in college football, and the three other massive powers in college football right now, in Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama, are all breaking in a new guy. Now, again, those guys are incredibly talented, but that doesn't mean there isn't going to be growing pains. But, you know, maybe maybe none of those guys have any issue whatsoever. I don't know the answer to that. But to just automatically say that those guys aren't going to have growing pains is is not true. I mean, that, that absolutely could happen.
1: Is is this well and two in college football like growing pains could cost you one game and that's a whole difference in you making it to the playoffs, is one game one loss where you're just can make a few mistakes. But uh, is this the first OU team in your mind since the playoffs in the playoff era where you look at their team and say it's national championship or bust? Yes, it's not even close, right? I mean, maybe like the defense has just been so far behind every year. Uh, What about I I thought uh,
0: they had teams going into seasons where. Like I felt like just because they were so good offensively that I I felt like they could compete. Like I felt like on any given Saturday, they could compete with the best teams in college football. But there was never a realistic expectation to go beat the best teams in college football because one side of the ball was just so far behind. Like if your offense doesn't, if your offense makes any mistakes, you just you have no chance. Like your offense literally has to be perfect, or you're you're just not going to get it done. And your offense is also in those games going to be playing you know, high caliber defensive lineman. Uh, And now, like for the first time, it's, yeah, like I I absolutely expect that Oklahoma lining up with Alabama, Oklahoma could win that game.
1: How about this? First team this decade. Well, not this decade, but since 2010.
0: 100%. Obviously,
1: yeah. yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah. Uh, What about the Sam
0: Bradford team that lost to Florida? 08. Was that 08? Yeah. Yeah. And then I think he was hurt the next year, right? In the opener. But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, that was the last time where going into the year, I was like, Oklahoma is a national championship caliber team. Yeah,
1: And then a lot of OU fans will say, well, if they had DeMarco Murray, they would have won. But <laughs> I think that's, uh, well, well, I guess that's an argument for the fishes. But uh, all right, how about this? Here's a question for you. Which team that didn't make the playoffs last year, outside of Oklahoma, obviously, do you think has the best chance to get back into the playoffs or appear in the playoffs for the first time?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I've heard a lot of good things. I've heard several people kind of getting on the Oregon train. Um, I'm not there. I, I thought they lost some really good talent to the NFL. I think a lot of actually. that just has
1: to do with they're so far ahead of the rest of the
0: conference. That's probably true. Nobody in the Big Ten does much for me. Nobody in the ACC does much for me. <laughs> football, um, college football is fun, man. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I, I think t-
1: LSU could get back. May mm. as like a not. I don't think they're going to win the SEC, but maybe like is like that second one loss team, like how Alabama got in a couple of yeah. years ago when Georgia won the conference.
0: Yeah.
1: If, I mean, Miles Brennan looked pretty good towards the end of last year. I mean, he's they've at least got a returning quarterback and you know, the rest of their roster is pretty damn good.
0: Yeah. I, I think I would say Georgia for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, especially JT Daniels like builds off of, he only started four games last year, but like you said, he made yeah. a huge difference in that offense. So, I mean, if he comes in and makes that difference, then yeah, by the way, so I pulled up, it was Stetson Bennett, Stetson that Bennett, okay.
0: okay. What did I say? Stetson Barnett, I think. Something like that. You yeah. got the
1: Stetson part right, though. Yeah. So he started eight, he played in eight games, fifty five percent completion percentage, twelve hundred yards, eight touchdowns, six picks. JT Daniels in four games, sixty seven percent completion percentage, twelve hundred yards, yeah. ten touchdowns, and two picks. So yeah. just like in half the games, outperformed Stetson Bennett, and like yeah, like you said, just completely changed night that offense. It was night and day. Yeah,
0: and again, I, I like I just don't think that that kid was like physically capable of just making you know the the same throws that J T Daniels was being asked to make. Like I I would watch them, and he also had open receivers at times that he just you know he he just could make those throws. And how do you? I don't understand how you wait that long to make that switch. I don't know how how yeah I don't know how you wait that long, but I don't know how there was ever the a question. Beginning. Like if right. you just watch the two guys throw the football, like it's not not close.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I guess Kirby Smart's a really good coach, but that's definitely yeah. not a good look. I mean, to, uh,
0: I'll go back to once again, though, like, you know, the part that we, we never fully understand is JT Daniels is transferring in. If if he doesn't know the offense and you can't run a lot of your offense because he's still learning it, then then you know what? That makes sense. But, but what's if, the if difference? Part of other no, I agree. But if that part's even close or, I mean, moderately close, like... I you you've got to, I mean there's just a massive talent difference I think in the two guys.
1: Look, if if the other guy knows the playbook, through like page to page, like cover to cover, but he can't execute it, then just dumb down your playbook and let the guy that can run 15 plays really well go play. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like what's the point of having a guy out there that knows the playbook if he can't execute it?
0: Yeah, it happens in football all the time. Yeah. I am he, geeked though for college football.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun.
0: You uh, you making a national championship pick?
1: I mean, I will if you want me to. I mean, I'm more than happy. Well, to I didn't know if it. you had
0: thought about it or put any thought into it.
1: Uh, I I I don't want to say Oklahoma because like I just don't like. I don't want to be like I don't want to be like on the jinx train. I think Oklahoma absolutely is talented enough to win a national title, but like I'm kind of in the boat where I need to see everything click from week one. I guess it doesn't have to be perfect because you, you want to improve as the season goes, obviously. But like, I need to see both sides of the ball playing at the same level for an entire season. And last year, it was kind of flip-flop for, for the first time in a long time in Norman. It was flip-flop where the defense was outperforming the offense. And I just need to see those two sides of the ball playing complementary football and like playing at that same level. If they do that for 11 out of the 12 games of the regular season, then I absolutely believe they can win a national title. But just go right now, I had to put my money out on a team. I'm probably leaning Clemson. Oh, okay. I know that obviously we talked about the quarterback situation, but of all the new quarterbacks, like DJ Ugalele is the one that I, I trust the most. Like, I don't know what CJ Stroud's gonna bring. I don't know what Bryce Young's gonna bring. Obviously, Bryce Young is highly touted and he's a millionaire. So like <laughs> he should be pretty good, but uh Alabama everything, but just I think that it's Clemson's turn. Like we're in this like rotating like cycle of national championship teams. And I think that it's the Clemson's turn right now. And if I had to put my money down, I probably put it down on a Clemson OU national championship game and slightly put my money towards Clemson just because they've done it multiple times.
0: Fair enough. I think for Clemson also, you know, they've been really good defensively. And last year was kind of the reset year where they lost a lot of talented defensive players, and they were playing mostly freshmen and sophomores a season ago. So those guys have all had a year to develop and get experience, and I expect that Clemson defense to once again be just off the charts, fantastic. Which,
1: like you you mentioned earlier, that like you can these OU teams can be as good as they they are and be so dominant on offense, but like when you run up against an Alabama and a Clemson who have Absolutely dominant defensive lines. I mean, it's it kind of your expectations are I mean shifted a little bit, I would guess. So yeah, And Clemson, I mean, throughout the Dabo era, like generally speaking, they usually have pretty damn good offensive line or defensive lines. The, I don't know. I think it would be a great. I think it'd be a great game though. Like if both teams go into that matchup healthy, like I, I'm perfectly fine saying that it's it's a wash. It's like a toss up game.
0: Yeah. The one thing that stood out to me about Clemson last year, maybe as opposed to the other years, and they've never necessarily been dominant on the offensive line like an Alabama has or like an Ohio State is at times Mm -hmm. but I felt like in previous years they've been considerably better on the offensive line than they were a year ago it felt like that was an issue all season long not saying they were terrible but just not at the same level and I don't really know how good that group is going to be this year and I mean that that's probably the biggest question mark I would have for Clemson is you know in comparison to last season what does the offensive line look like? And if you can, if somebody from Clemson can say like, it's going to be a better group, or if you tell me it's going to be considerably better then yeah, I think once again, you're you're talking about Clemson right there. Yeah. Which I, they should be right there anyway, but that the difference maker between getting rolled or competing to win the title.
1: Here, here's a take for you. And I've heard it before. So it's not like an original, it's not like a super hot take, but I would look if Iowa state, ends up beating OU in the Big 12 championship game. I, I can't see a scenario where if Iowa State wins, stays healthy, that they're not in the Big 12 title game. I would I mean, assume they probably go through the season, maybe they lose. To, I think the OU game is a toss-up. I mean, not, not, I mean OU is a little bit better, obviously. But like I, I can't say for sure that I like one team over the other in that matchup. So if Iowa State gets to that title game with one loss, whether they beat OU or lose to OU, I like. I think they're good enough to get in the playoffs. I don't know if they would because of that name brand, but I think that I think Iowa State is a, Like, I mean, they're really good. I mean, they're bringing everybody back. They're a great coach. Like, there's no reason that if they stay healthy, that they can't be in that that top four conversation for the full entire season.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the Big Twelve champ, whether it's Oklahoma or Iowa State. Now, if it's somebody else, if somebody else surprises us, then we're probably having a different conversation. But. Yes, I think Iowa State and Oklahoma are going to be good enough that the winner of that Big 12 title game, I mean, that might be like a playoff semifinal type scenario. Yeah, I mean... I, Unless you I get, like, at, undefeated Alabama, one loss Georgia, undefeated Clemson, undefeated Ohio State. Like, in that scenario, maybe we're having, having the conversation about what does the resume look like, but...
1: I mean, last year, if, if Iowa State doesn't just no-show that opening game against Louisiana... We're, I mean, that Big 12 title game, it's legitimately like a play-in game. Well, I guess Oklahoma wasn't there. But for Iowa State, it, yeah. If Iowa State beats Louisiana last year, that Big 12 championship game for them is a, a win-and-you're-in situation. Because, I mean, up to that point, they'd only lost by three points to Oklahoma State outside of the Louisiana game in week one. Like, they right? They really rolled through the Big 12 last year. And just, I mean, obviously, OU was just at another level by the end of the season. So,
0: yeah.
1: didn't work out for them. But to bring back that entire team. I mean, you're talking about arguably the best tight end in, in the country, arguably the best running back in the country, a really good quarterback with a lot of experience and a great coach and a good defense. Like they're They absolutely, unless they just completely crap the bed should be in that conversation for one of the four best teams all year.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they're a one loss big 12 championship champion, I think they have a legitimate argument to be there. And, and if you're a one loss big 12 champ, that also means that you've beaten Oklahoma to get to that point. So right. yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree. Again, I think the only, the only way that comes into play where they could be left out is if we're talking about, I mean, maybe the scenario would be like Georgia undefeated national champion or undefeated SEC champion, Alabama one loss, but not the SEC champ, Clemson undefeated, ACC champ, Ohio State undefeated, Big Ten champ. Then maybe the comparison is one loss Alabama or one loss like Iowa State Big 12 champion. And that might be the one avenue that they could get left out, but yeah, I mean, uh, the, beating Oklahoma, if it goes that way for them, will do a lot. Let me
1: throw this scenario out you e, real quick. You're on the playoff committee. You have a one loss I, for the for the fourth and final spot. You have a one loss Iowa State team and a one loss Oregon team.
0: Iowa State, not even close.
1: Because of the conference, just because the Oklahoma the Oklahoma factor is that the like, Oklahoma factor, yeah, really because bad. you're going to have
0: yeah. to get through Oklahoma, who everybody anticipates to be one of the best teams in college football, to get to that point, whereas. What is the resistance for Oregon?
1: Washington, I guess. I guess yeah. maybe USC. I mean, the USC's. I mean, some people are pretty high on this year, but like they haven't done anything in fifteen years.
0: They have some. They have some nice players, but yeah, I, sure. I don't think they're a top yeah. ten team.
1: I love though how we're having this conversation, and we have at no point even mentioned the number six team as a possibility of being even in the conversation of making the playoffs. Yeah. We don't even that. need
0: to like, mention their name, do we? Yeah. No, absolutely yeah, not. Okay. They're not going to make Fair it.
1: Enough. Fair They're going to lose three games. They're going to finish at like 18 and go into next season as a top 18.
0: Yeah. All right. Hard Knocks episode four last night. I booted this thing up, Aaron, around, I think it was close to 1230 last night. Wrapped it up just before two o'clock. So it was a late watch for me. What'd you think?
1: Uh, first off, I don't know if you can see my background behind me, but uh, I decided Jones. to make it a, the background uh, of my hero. He is now my idol, and uh, I tr- view him as an American hero because he gets Whataburger five times a week, and uh, that is that is a man that I look up to and respect and s- honestly somehow like, cannot fathom in my brain how he's alive if he's eating fast food as much as he is, but...
0: Well, if he in fact loves Whataburger that much and eats it five times a week, my question is, why is there not Whataburger inside of AT and T Stadium? And secondly, I think he's done all of us Dallas Cowboy fans a massive injustice because, look, when is answer this question? When is Whataburger best?
1: Well, okay, for the first, okay, I guess the right answer is late at night. Yes, but the but there is no wrong answer to that. You've question.
0: gone out. You've had that. That's also a correct answer. I will. I will grant you that. But. A lot of people love Whataburger when you've gone out, had a good time, you've had some drinks, and you're getting Whataburger as, like, the soak some of that up and, and head back home. Like, the fact that Jerry hasn't offered that to Dallas Cowboy fans who have to watch that product and then leave the building, probably mostly inebriated, to deal with the ups and downs and the wild swings of emotion that is involved in being a Dallas Cowboy fan, like for you to not also have that, like, here's your complimentary water burger to soak up what you just watched. A little upset. Come on, Jerry. Why has this happened to this point?
1: Um, but yeah, between his McGriddle um, with yeah. the added salt and all the, yeah, he's my hero. Uh, by the way, I, I expected this to be the last episode just because they don't have any games left. So I was like, oh, this is the last week, but they saved the cuts for next week, which I was kind of butthurt about because I I wanted to just see it in the episode because I wasn't going to be able to wait a week and not Google it.
0: Aaron, I purposefully, all day yesterday, avoided looking at who Dallas cut and who made the 53 because I wanted to watch it on Hard Knocks last night. I didn't want to have any of the surprises spoiled because I'm with you. I thought it was going to be the last episode and I thought we were going to get it all in the episode. So I avoided all of it yesterday. Have you looked since then? I have not.
1: Okay, then I won't spoil it for you. Um, look, man, my, okay, so I, my biggest takeaway, and it's not even a big takeaway, I don't think, because I don't know how many people are really thinking about it, but Ben denuccis he might be a good dude off the field, but he is, I do not, he's hard to like, man. <laughs> like, that dude is just like, how I don't know how, if he's going to make the roster, I don't think he should, obviously, based on the way he played this preseason, but, It doesn't seem like he's like mentally like strong enough to be a quarterback in the NFL. Like the dude just is totally down and like makes excuses, and it's just not a good look, man.
0: Well, hard knocks aside, if you've watched any of the Dallas Cowboy preseason games, he's way down the list in terms of options at that position. I, I, Garrett, I would take Garrett Gilbert a million times out of a million before Ben DiNucci, and I think you know Cooper Rush. I don't know, like I know Dallas likes him. He's fine. He's a better option than Ben DiNucci though. And then well, I, there was rumors today, like, again, I've, I've tried to avoid most of the Dallas Cowboy news. There's no way I'm going to avoid it till next week. So uh, if you need to tell me, you can. But there's news today that, that the Cowboys are interested in uh, Will Greer, who was cut by the Panthers.
1: Okay, so I won't, I won't ruin any cuts, but they did sign Will Greer.
0: That became official? Okay. I,
1: I, I just Googled a second ago. Let me double check. But, yeah, I believe that it was official. Uh, yeah, Cowboys claimed Will Greer off waivers okay. two hours ago. Which, I mean, he he looked pretty good in preseason. Like, he had I I don't remember which game it was, but he, he, he went off in one of the, uh, the Panthers preseason games. But, I mean, he's got to be a better option than what they have in that, in that quarterback room behind Dak Prescott.
0: I would take Will Greer over any of the others, side unseen. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, West Virginia King, Big 12 guy, right? Yeah.
1: Jerry loves Big 12 guys. Um, I'm trying to, I guess that, no, I really, though, I guess the episode wasn't that memorable because I'm trying to think of things that happened and like, I'm having a hard time. Okay. So, like, the the Amari Cooper calling out uh, Trayvon Diggs. Like, that was, that was, I remember that because Amari Cooper just lit him up. And obviously, there was some editing. I don't know how many plays they left out, but Amari scored like five touchdowns on him uh, in like a three minute montage or two minute montage.
0: Amari Cooper's such a good route runner.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, ch- I mean, shout out to Trayvon Diggs for thinking he was going to shut down Amari Cooper. I love the confidence. Like, yeah. Like, how many, how, like, top tier cornerbacks, like maybe Jalen Ramsey and like Marlon Humphreys. Like you got to go up to the top top of the tier, like all pro caliber cornerbacks to even like be in the conversation of guys that can run step for step with Amari Cooper's route running. Right. So you knew how it was going to go, but that was interesting. Uh, I guess Mike McCarthy showing up in a button up shirt to that meeting was something, I don't know. It just, it was kind
0: of, it wasn't a bad, it wasn't as bad as week two, but it just wasn't like, it was fine. That, like, it was just, yeah. yeah, it was fine. It wasn't really memorable. The Whataburger thing, I think, was the biggest takeaway. You, Amari Cooper, Trayvon Diggs was fun. Dak kind of gaslighting that whole situation was fun. Isaac Alarcone and ja, uh, what is his name? Jamichael Hardy?
1: Jaquan Hardy? Jaquan Hardy.
0: I get him confused with the old Baylor running back, Jamichael Hasty.
1: Yeah, okay. Jaquan
0: yeah. Hardy, Jamichael Hasty. They're kind of similar builds.
1: Well, don't get a mix up with the Michael James. Yeah,
0: no, no chance of that. But I, I like I like that kid. I think yeah, he's very likable.
1: and he, I didn't watch the actual third preseason game. I just watched the Hard Knock clips. But, I mean, Hard Knocks made it look like he played pretty well. You know, most... I mean, he obviously made a mistake here and there. But, like, for the most part, it made it seem like he played pretty well in that final preseason game. And, like, with uh, their other running back getting hurt and yeah. being placed on IR, like... You yeah. would think that Jaquan Hardy's—he's he's the only—he's the only other running back they have. Like Tony Pollard and Zeke are making the team, so like right. who else? Is, like they're who else is going to
0: be there? Like they got to—I mean, you That's would assume it? they're
1: going to carry more than two running backs.
0: Last year, I think they only carried two at That's the start insane. of the season.
1: That is absolutely insane to me that you would only carry two running backs. Yeah.
0: I think my the biggest disappointment with this season of Hard Knocks would be the defensive rookies because they drafted. What like seven or eight defensive rookies, and Micah Parsons has had a lot of, a lot of camera oh. time, and deserved. But I mean, Chauncey Golston has gone through, I guess, injury issues this entire camp. Uh, Quentin Bohanna on the defensive line, Jabril Cox, Kelvin Joseph, uh, Naishon Wright, uh, Israel uh, Mukwamu. All those dudes are going to make the team.
1: They just a linebacker too. That was highly like a, Jabril Cox. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. All those guys are going to make the team. And we really didn't get anything on any of those guys.
1: Yeah, it kind of felt like their plan for this this and I don't and I'm I'm very curious like in Hard Knocks like if they kind of just go with the flow of the preseason and in camp on who to profile or if they go in like knowing exactly who they're going to put have camera time with and like what the plan is because it seemed like the plan was you get the high profile guys and then focus on these international dudes to try and build like this international sure. like b- brand and like show these like the guy from the Ivory Coast and the, and the dude from Mexico and like kind of show that like for sure how the NFL is growing internationally. But outside of those two dudes, like we're focusing on the stars and look, I mean, the, I mean, it's literally on their helmet. Like it's the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Like it's about the stars. So yeah. I don't know how many people in just casual viewers like myself who aren't diehard Cowboys fans, that want to be, turn on hard knocks and not spend most of my time with Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott and Micah Parsons.
0: That's fair. And look, I'm I'm all for any of those guys getting more camera time.
1: Yeah, I mean dude, Zeke, Zeke and Dak might be two of the best hard knocks personalities ever.
0: One thousand percent. Completely out there and just so goofy. And CeeDee like, Lamb, here, I feel like, would have been He was good too, yeah. Great as well. But he, you know, obviously the COVID thing plays a role there. But I think he he also deserved more camera time. He's 100%. a big personality.
1: Listening to Dak like talk about how he's already like he already hit up his financial advisor yeah. about this like lawn game that he came up with Dak's uh, what did he call it like pylon
0: Prescott's pylon game or something pylon- like that
1: yeah I which i will be honest I didn't even understand like what the game he was trying to describe was um, listening to the dude do the stand up comedy which was completely like just a hundred percent like uh, either that guy's baseball, just a
0: like- really bad comic or they showed maybe the worst clip of his comedy routine or here's the other part that I'm willing to admit. It's probably a lot funnier to the guys in that room because it's somewhat of an inside joke. So yeah.
1: Yeah. You're doing an impression of a coach that nobody outside of that room knows what he sounds like. So yeah, it works on them, I guess. But yeah, that was, it was a tough scene, but you know, good for him. Get up there and tell some jokes to his, to his teammates. But yeah, I really just, I'm, it really wasn't a super memorable episode. I mean, it was cool to see uh, the tackle uh, get named a captain. Which Alarcone. Alarcone. I think which, he's, I I think mean, he's a guard. Guard, yeah. he's, a, he's yeah. like a, he plays left guard. Left guard, yeah. Which, uh, I mean, hell, from, way out of left field because at the first episode, he's just like over there wanting cake. i like, who the hell is this dude? And then he's like a full-on like – main attraction of the rest of
0: Hard Knocks so far so I think I think to your question earlier part of it was like the cake thing really made him take off because I told you in episode one I thought the cake scene was the best scene of the episode yeah so yeah, yeah.
1: by if, the way if the cake uh, scene
0: doesn't happen I don't know that Alarcon is featured
1: is Connor Williams hurt or was he on the COVID list
0: I don't think he was on the COVID list so is he hurt I don't know he, he was on the COVID on. list okay but in they didn't play their starters in the at third all. preseason yeah. game at all.
1: Which, by the way, oh here's another here's a take I did have from that from that episode, and I don't know like if it's just like recency bias or like if all like number one picks like all these top guys like there's been multiple top guys that kind of have this aura around them, but Trevor Lawrence seems to like legitimately like have an aura around him. Like, even amongst, like, other players in the league, like, they made the clip about Zeke talking to him and, like, Micah Parsons getting his jersey and, like, yeah. being super stoked about getting, yeah. like... How many rookie quarterbacks, before even playing a snap in the regular season, have this, like, like, this is the dude, like... There's this, like, like a, I would use the word aura again around him because it seems like Trevor's yeah, got that.
0: Well, he won a national championship in his first year as a starter at Clemson, and then, I mean, from that point on, he was, he's, you know, gonna be the guy. Right. The long, Number he's one he's pick on the draft...
1: Yeah. 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 Like everything's just working out for like him just being like yeah. this dude that everybody like is attracted to to on the football field. But right. Yeah. No, I, he, I mean, I'm ex- I think he's gonna be good. But yeah, it's just that was an interesting thought that I had because.
0: Yeah. Well, he's a freak. I mean, from a skill set standpoint, I'm not yeah. saying he's gonna be the best quarterback in the NFL, but from a skill set standpoint, the guy's a freak. Yeah. I like, mean, he can do
1: everything. He was. Lo- I mean, you remember after they won the first, nat- the only national title he won. But after he won the national title, like there was immediately the conversation that he was going to be the next back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner.
0: He was going to win multiple Heisman's, and they were going to yeah. win three national titles before he became the number one overall pick in the draft.
1: Well, yeah. he he was locked in as the number one <laughs> yeah. pick after that national championship game, yeah. and I mean, really, I mean, they weren't wrong from that aspect. Like there was nobody else for the next two years that were that was as good as he was at that quarterback position.
0: I would have been interested to see what would have happened if Burrow and Trevor came out the same year
1: mm, that, yeah, that based would.
0: on all the success. I mean, Burrow, the way that he won that national title game and just that off the charts numbers and but it's not like Trevor but I, I still think Trevor Lawrence would have been the pick.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's a, like a really like close call. I think it's a, yeah. like that's as close. You get to a wash as I think. Cause like, yeah. I, I watched those two, especially in college, you watched them and like, there really wasn't, a big separator. I mean, it's not like Trevor played bad in that national title game against LSU.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I think just skill set wise, I think you'd probably slightly lean to Trevor Lawrence in that comparison between the two. So,
1: yeah. I mean, that would have been an easy one too, though. Like, yeah, you you would have known from January yeah. on who the first and second picks in the draft were going to be. That's
0: the Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, or the Andrew Luck, RG three, or if yeah. you want to go back to like Manning, Leaf,
1: no, no, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz example.
0: Was Carson Wentz, like, guaranteed to be the next guy? Like, I-,
1: oh, I don't think Jared Goff should have been number one. Obviously, Jared Goff shouldn't have been number one. Yeah, But that draft was pretty terrible. Yeah, so not good. So, I guess you kind of got what you got.
0: Not good. All right, last thing uh, before we get off here. Um, Cam Newton, released by the New England Patriots. Yeah, that was shocking, man.
1: I just, you, you we, I texted you about it the other day, and, like, you kind of brought up the point. that he, Like, it had to be a situation where Cam asked out. Where Cam wants to, he thinks he can start, and if... I mean, if they're committing to Mac Jones right now, then they're not going to change their mind in a month and put Cam back in there. Like, Mac is the dude. As long as he stays healthy, like, he's going to, they're going to roll with him throughout the next 10 years, hopefully, if you're New England. So it makes sense to ask for him to ask out because on paper, like, it doesn't make sense to think that Jared Sidham is a better backup than Cam Newton for New England. So, Cam, ask out. And I've, like, I thought about it for a while. Like, there's maybe two teams that he could go to and legitimately be a starting quarterback week one for or week two. Like, even if you want to give him an extra week to get in the offense, a so week two. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many teams would take him on their roster right now and start him over who they have. You mentioned Indianapolis, and like, that's a good call. Like, Carson Wentz, I don't think Carson Wentz is any better than, than Cam is right now. And Cam could probably just play sit for five weeks yeah, and it's a Carson coin flip. Wentz will get hurt. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'd, I'd probably go that, Wentz a little bit younger, right? I mean, not by much, sure. but a little bit younger. You just and- try to.
1: You, you just trade it for him so you got to give him the first shot. A little more
0: in the a little more in the past game from Wentz than Cam, but yeah.
1: Like the like the Jets, I mean they're not going to bench I mean they're going to no. play Zach Wilson. No. Even if Cam right now gives you a better chance to win some games, they're not going to play Cam over Zach Wilson.
0: They're not winning that division anyway, so that doesn't even make any sense. Like develop right. your quarterback. Like you develop your quarterback in a year where you're not going to win anyway, so that he's I, ready to go in a year where you do have all the pieces to really make a run. Maybe
1: Miami, but I think Miami's in that situation where they want to see what Tua's got because the owner apparently really wants to get Deshaun yeah. Watson. And they're not going to bring Cam in and play him over Tua when they're trying to get Deshaun Watson. They need to figure out if they need to make a move on Deshaun right now or yeah. you know ASAP. Yeah. Because Tua's not it. If they bring Cam in and bench Tua, then you're not really helping your situation right there. Jacksonville obviously has Trevor. Yeah. San Francisco drafted Trey Lamp. Like every maybe Denver. Denver might be a play, but I don't again, I don't is he any better than Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, right. There's no situation where he's going in and he's immediately better than what a team has. Which I mean, that's a I mean that's a pretty strong statement about the state of the quarterback, play, at least starting quarterback situations across the league. Well,
0: the but, other thing you have to consider is what is the locker room presence like? Because I feel like throughout Cam Newton's NFL career, there have been conflicting thoughts on him as a teammate and a locker room guy. And especially if he's not your starting quarterback, if he's a distraction at all, or if he's you know in the in the Mac Jones situation, you know it could be where they don't feel like he's helping Mac Jones. Then why have him around? Yeah, like you're not going to have your backup quarterback be a distraction. So
1: I don't think he lands anywhere honestly. Like maybe in a month, like when injuries start injuries, popping yeah. up, maybe somebody signs it. But right now, over the next two weeks, like to bring him in and like get him to try and get him to learn your system, like between. Now, in the first game of the season, like, I just, what's the point?
0: Yeah, I would wait to see if there's an injury, and if you're a team, like Dallas, for example, if, if Dak gets hurt again, and Cooper rushes your other option, or whatever, or Will Greer, like we just talked about, like, maybe then you start to consider Cam, but... I'm like, I'm
1: running through, again, through every team, and I just can't... Colts
0: for me would be the obvious one, just, again, and a lot of that is because of the injury situation.
1: Well, yeah, but Jim Irsay thinks that Sam Ellinger could be the next Tom Brady. Sam Ellinger's hurt. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, maybe the Giants, but in the, that's the same situation where I think that they really want to figure out if Daniel Jones, like, what, what they're going to do with Daniel Jones because, I mean, he's going to year three, and, like, he's had one, like, decent year and then one really bad year, so they, I'm sure that they want to figure out what's going on, and Dave Gettleman, like... I mean, if Daniel Jones sucks this year, then he could be out of his job. I don't know if he wants to bring in Cam and necessarily yeah. convolute that, but yeah, tough situation for Cam. I, if I was Cam, probably would have been better off just staying in New England for this year Brutal. and trying to get on somewhere in the offseason next year. But who knows? Maybe maybe it wasn't maybe it was Cam's call. Maybe Belichick just didn't want him on the roster. I don't know. Did you see the story about the fake high school? Bishop ESPN? Sycamore, yes! Yeah. So, okay, first off, just awesome. The whole story is just absolutely insane. They fired their coach yesterday. How do you get fired from a job that doesn't exist?
0: That's a thing? Bleacher Report
1: reported, that's their thing, they report, it's in their name, that Bishop Sycamore had fired their head coach from a fake job.
0: Yeah, how do you fire somebody from something that doesn't exist, that's not real? I I don't know.
1: I don't know. They made a press release and like, uh, yeah.
0: When this news was shared with me, what, two days ago now, my immediate response was, why are people so shocked by this? ESPN has, in fact, checked in years. That's fair. That is true.
1: That, look, my, I'm just like, my favorite thing about it is, one, IMG, they had to have known, right? They had yes. to have known this wasn't a real school. Absolutely. And so, like, my favorite thing is, like, this Bishop Sycamore was full of, like, 26-year-old, like, JUCO failures. Yeah. And, like, IMG just slaughtered them. Yeah. Like, these 16-year-old kids were just, like, obliterating these 25, like, adult men they like were Juco dropouts. I'm sure like they probably were in terrible shape, but like the whole stare, the whole thing just, just, yeah, because
0: what happens when the IMG coach is like, where we, you know, let's exchange game film. We don't have any, sorry. We don't have any, we've never played a football game. What? (laughs) Having a hard time looking up anything about your team, tendencies, you know, this is like, this
1: this is like movie stuff though. This is like,
0: yeah, this is like, remember the homeless guy that posed as a USC football player?
1: No, no, you didn't hear that story,
0: okay, no. you gotta go look it I, up.
1: Okay, I'll look it up. I, it may be one of those things where I just forgot about it and hurt, like knew about it at the time, but yeah, I don't remember. but
0: homeless guy but is, just walked into one of the doors at the USC USC football facility and like goes in and just starts posing as a football player. Next thing you know, I guess he was in pads and on the practice field.
1: this must have this had this was either during the Sarkeesian era or the Pete Carroll area where the head coaches were a little too uh, inebriated to notice.
0: I think it happened within the last year or two
1: within the last year oh april of okay.
0: 2021
1: yeah what yeah okay anybody that thinks usc is going to be even close to contending for a top four spot is out of their mind they get they're letting homeless dudes walk in and, and make the team
0: yeah his name's scott wolf
1: You like unbelievable I, how, like how long does scott wolf like think about this or is he just like walking by like the usc like facilities like i'm hot i'm just going go here yeah.
0: And you're like, oh, I guess
1: I'll put some pads on, see what happens. Yeah,
0: I guess he like got in the jacuzzi for a little while, and what? I mean, just yeah, took advantage of the football facility amenities, and it culminated in him getting on I, the football field.
1: I'm like, I, I can't imagine. This. I'm like, I'm picturing like long beard, like hasn't showered in like five years, like level of homeless. He couldn't have been that bad, because like surely somebody like, dude, what is this? like, or maybe everybody's just too nervous to say anything. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. He could definitely walk on at Bishop
0: Sycamore, though. Star of the program. Oh, yeah. No doubt. All right, my friend, I got to run. Great stuff as always. It is football season, dude. It is game week. I cannot wait for this weekend.
1: I can't get here fast enough, ma'am.